the social life. It's the Tabin Show. The Tabin Show. Don't ask if he's single. You already know. Cause it's the Tabin Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Tabin Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tabin Show. I've got a great guest with me here this week. I, uh, I, I've been meaning to talk to this guy for a while. Um, we've talked to him before on Big Brother Podcast. Always a great pleasure to, uh, to talk to and to listen to. Uh, I've got Spencer Clausen here from Big Brother 15. How are you doing, Spencer? Hey, good, man. Appreciate you asking me to do it. Yeah, of course. Very excited for you to be here. Yeah, no. And I'm proud of you, man, for, for branching out, like just doing like an interview-style podcast. Like, you don't need to fucking hang your hat on talking about reality TV all the time. You know what I'm saying? Branch out, broadcast, do what you want to do, talk to people you want to talk to. I mean, I hit up a lot bigger targets than me and Andy, for God's sake. I mean, you got some talent. You've been doing it. You've been in the game a long time. So I think it's great you're doing this. That's why I want to support it. So oh, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's been a lot of fun, and that really was uh, one of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. Because you know, you you can only talk about TV so much before you start to yeah. <laughs> like. Can we talk about like actual things also? Yeah, no, absolutely. And like. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many things that you can branch out. You're a smart guy, so you can talk to anybody about anything. So, yeah, that, I'm really testing that theory with this podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. So, uh, tell me, tell me a little bit, a bit about yourself. Uh, like, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Conway, Arkansas. Yes. Um. It's, you know, I used to like the town a lot more. Uh, now, as I get older, it's kind of lame. I mean, it's whatever. Um. But no, I mean, it's a fine city. It's got three colleges in it. So, you know, like that's, that's cool. There's lots of, um, I mean, back when I was single, it was good because there's lots of women and like, you could tell by looking at me, like I need like a, a larger swath of the population to be able to like really good know, ratio to, to meet and greet and hook up. Yeah. So, uh, um, but no, man, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun town. Like it's a good place to raise a family. I'd say to grow up, it was great. It's a good place to like raise a family, but like I've kind of been in that middle area where it's just kind of like fucking snoozeville. And uh, it's not it's not that uh, fantastic right now. I've always wanted to like move to like Toronto, or not always wanted to move to Toronto. After I visited uh, for you know Big Brother Canada, I'd like to go there. But uh, you know Chicago, New York, I've always had that desire to live in a bigger city where I could meet. Like I'm kind of like uh, I wouldn't call myself an outlier, but I'm definitely like it's hard to find people with the same interest as as that I have here. So I've always wanted to like live in a place where like I could talk to people about comics or shit I like or you know, whatever the case may be, and, you know, have uh, some reciprocated conversation. I just somebody that sits there and goes, oh, you know, like they have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. So, but uh, no, Conway's all right. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, and I'm, this is about the last thing I'm going to say about it because I've talked way too fucking long about my, my hometown. But uh, during the, the Great Recession of like 2007, 2008, it, it was part of the what's called the Little, Little Rock metro area, and it had the fourth strongest economy in the nation. So, like, there's always been jobs here, always work, industry, that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I mean, it is actually like a, a really decent place to live and the cost of living is very low. So anyway, it's, it's not a bad place. Yeah. Uh, what kind of interests do you feel like uh, are, are underrepresented there that you'd prefer to be able to talk about? Well, I mean, like, okay, like I like to draw and I like to read comics and stuff. And even like the people I know here that read comics, they don't read the same stuff I read. So you know, it would be great to find, you know, I, I don't read any, uh, I don't read any like superhero shit. I mean, not like not superhero, but like, I don't read like DC and Marvel. I mm-hmm. can't tell you, you know, what the fuck Superman's up to or Spider-Man and that kind of stuff. But I like image comics, image, other independent, 
you know, create your own stuff. And, you know, even like the guy in my comic book store, he didn't read what I read. So I go there and it's kind of like a, almost like I'm just, a, it's not like I'm at a gas station. Like we have a better, we've got a more rapport and a friendship than, than like I would have like a gas station clerk. But, uh, but you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, you gotta read this. And he's like, uh, you know, you know, and, uh, anyway, so it's, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like, I've got a, uh, my, uh, my personal taste forcing me to, it's almost like I'm keeping a bunch of secrets. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like a lot. I have it. I just can't share it with anybody. So I might. I make Marilyn read comics. I like. I'm like. You've got to read this. It's really good. You know. And and she'll be like, uh, you know. Anyway, some like it's twisting her arm a little bit. But she'll typically read it and like it. So. Well, what's the what's the best comic? What's the if you had to recommend one comic for somebody to check out? Uh, probably one comic right now would be like Southern Bastards. Southern Bastards is an image comic. Uh, you typing it out. You looking up some pictures <laughs> yeah. there. All right. It's uh, Jason Latour and Jason Aaron. Uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic book. It's basically like a uh, murder football book. It's a high school coach in this Craw County, Alabama, and uh, man, he he fucks some people up. It's uh, it's really good. He's a piece of shit, and like they don't make any like uh, no no qualms about pointing that out. And uh, we're at the point now. We're almost I think issue twenty something like that. I don't know. Um, and anyway, he's. He's got a lot of people against him, and, and his enemies are literally coming out of the woodwork to uh, to, to challenge uh, his superiority in this crowd. He's like the head coach of this football team for so many years. It's one of those towns, like I mean, everybody's kind of familiar with it. Like the head football coach is like the big dog because they're winning the games, and you know the boys are doing it, kind of a thing. So he's been able to uh, to uh, to do some underhanded stuff for a long time, and that's kind of coming to an end. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, that, that's if I was going to recommend one, but I could recommend 10. So. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was into comics a little bit when I was, uh, younger because I read, uh, I read the Watchmen comics and I read Sandman. Um, okay. And I loved both of them, so I was like, I love yeah. comics. And then yeah. uh, I tried to read more, but it was hard to uh, to like find good stuff uh, for me well, at comic, least at the time. Comics is, is is it's like a weird thing because it's almost like uh, it's like coming out of the closet. Like when you tell somebody you read comics, you're like, hey, you know, I read comics. You know, it's it's something like that. It's almost what it what it feels like. And people will be like, oh, I don't read comics. And you're like, well, you know, I'm not trying to get you to read comics, but I, I like it's like nobody says I don't listen to music or I don't like movies. Like. Yeah. You know, comics is not is not a, a, a genre. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. It's a medium. Like some people, it's, it's sequential art storytelling, and uh, which I guess is a good time to bring in. There's a, a Patreon that uh, that I like that I, I support monthly and will continue to support because it's fantastic. Uh, Nick Patera, he is an artist. He did Manhattan Projects, New York uh, Times bestseller, Manhattan Projects, and uh, he's on a new book, uh, Leviathan, that's coming out. And anyway, like fantastic artist, he uh, talks, he's, he's so fucking passionate. He's almost manic. It's great because I love his energy. And uh, anyway, uh, he is very obsessed with the sequential art, like telling, like, like the art, like the art telling the story and uh, being like, being like true and not trying to copy somebody else's style or just do kind of what's popular. It's like fucking put it all out there on the page, like just fucking sweat and bleed all over it. And then turn that work in, fucking scan it, print it, ship it. And then like, People are going to respond to it. And uh, anyway, I just, like I said, I really uh, I, I like supporting people like that. I like Patreons, like Kickstarters, you know, somebody that's like very passionate about what they're doing. And uh, anyway, he's he's someone that I, that I really enjoy. I really enjoy his work. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I I, uh, I feel like 
I feel like uh, it's it's sort of a similar thing that I've uh, had with like anime, uh, cool. where like it, it, if to say that you like anime is kind it's kind of like a scary thing, and it's it's yeah, I sure. mean obviously same thing with like reality TV and Big Brother as well. Oh, but, like, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, but and, and then like you know you say oh yeah like I I've enjoyed anime before and people are like oh so you what you like this like children's like uh, yeah, nonsense crap like, uh, like no, cartoons with big tits yeah exactly like an, anime is not a genre there are plenty yeah. of different kinds of shows yeah, sure, in that sure. realm and I'm sure even now like uh, there's a portion of the audience now that's like oh yeah I didn't realize Taryn was such a nerd uh, <laughs> like you should have <laughs> you, you should have known what's that. You fall out of love with anime. You're not watching it anymore. Um, you no, know, I I still keep up with some of it. Uh, it's I, the thing I found with anime is that it's sort of similar to like comics, where like uh, I find like the really really great shows, uh, like uh, you know like Full Metal Alchemist and and Death Note and all that, uh, yeah. and then. Um, I find like the, there's a really big quality cliff where it's just like, uh, yeah, then it's just like a bunch of stuff that I'm like, I have no interest in. Uh, but when I find the good stuff, I I love it. It's, it can be some of the best stuff I watch. Yeah. It's hard. uh, It's hard to sort through. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, something can look really cool. And I'll tell you one thing I love about anime is like the intros. Those motherfuckers don't play around. They're like, I mean, it's like (laughs) fucking just awesome jams. You're like, this is about to kick ass. And you watch it. You're like. Uh, maybe I can just watch the intro again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, I don't know. But like, okay, I'm, I'm not really a big anime person. Uh, I've watched a little bit. Like, I love Attack on Titan. Mm, okay, yeah. that kind of got me into it, which made me watch Death Note. Um, and anyway, I uh, so I've, I've kind of I've tiptoed tiptoed into it. But and okay, basically one of the things that brought me back to comics was I got so fucking tired of television. Okay, mm-hmm. I just like you know some of the stories seemed played out. I got I just got tired of it. But I wanted to still obviously be entertained. And one thing that I love about comics is that you've got like a writer and an artist and even like a, the colorist, you know, and I mean, inker to, to a certain extent. Um, and it's a collaborative process. Like if one person wrote and drew it, it'd be one product. But the fact that somebody's writing and like sometimes that's the case, like you've got like a Jeff Lemire with Royal City, which is a fucking fantastic comic book. You should check that out. You know, some people can do it. There's no doubt about that. But the fact that you've got like an artist and a writer and they collaborate together, they make a product that's better than either of them could have made on their own, you know? And it, it, to me, it's fun. It's, it's different. It's, uh, it's got a whole like weird subculture. I mean, just kind of like, uh, it's, it's funny. I've, you'll probably see, like I retweet a lot of comic stuff and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, cause it's what interests me. And, uh, you're like, I got you muted, dude. That was shit. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, <laughs> you know, it's weird because like, in the comic book industry, it's it's a lot the same fandom. It's like they've got a toxic fandom, just like reality TV has a toxic side of the fandom. Mm. Where it's like the best and worst thing about anything, like once you get in the middle of it, like you know, I've been in the middle of it with Big Brother. These other people experience it with like, you know, if you're riding fucking, I don't know, Superman, okay? There's gonna be people that are gonna be like, why did you do that? He would never do this. You would be more like this. You know, you've got people that aren't happy no matter what you do, or they're like, Oh, you can't have a black female doing that. Well, but it's it's always been this white guy forever. You know, and like so they deal with all like inc- inclusivity and uh, diversity and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and it's just they've they've got it. They've got it. It's, it's the same thing. They experience this bizarre toxic fandom. Just like I mean, I'm sure that like with you podcasting, you've had people that come out of the woodwork. They just want to tell you you fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. And you're just like, hey, well, you know, I didn't ask you, and you don't have to listen to me, so go fuck off. You know, and, uh, you know, they, they experienced that. And it's kind of interesting since, cause I never really was aware of that. Not, not in any, any form or fashion 
obviously, you know, after Big Brother, I was I experienced a very large amount of hate. And I was just like, people watch these shows and have problems with it? Like, it just seemed bizarre to me. You know what I'm saying? And since I've been kind of, you know, I, I try to be, you know, I actively follow uh, comics Twitter. I see that these poor bastards are sitting at home, you know, working hours and hours and hours. People are very, it's, it's a sensitivity thing, too, because they spend hours and hours and hours of their life. People spend time with their family, writing, drawing, whatever the case may be, to, to put out a product they hope people like. And then, you know, people are just like, that fucking sucked. You know, they spent like five minutes reading something that took six months to put together, not six months, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, it's just weird. These toxic fandoms, I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but uh, <laughs> well, what's the worst thing that's ever been said to you? Does anything uh, ever stick with you? Um, I don't know if any like any like particular wording has stuck with me, but definitely during Big Brother Over the Top, uh, there were a lot of you know like de- death threats being issued. Like I'm gonna you know do some sort of sexual act to your face, and uh, you know uh, you racist piece of whatever. Uh, you know like lots of just crazy crazy stuff. And and what's yeah. really crazy is that um I, I've noticed that some of those people I recognize the names. They're now tweeting at me. Like they're like they're fans because my opinion now matches up with with theirs. So it's sure, like sure. now now they don't think I'm a piece of yeah. shit that so needs I to be killed. Do, I don't want to fuck your face or, or, fuck yeah. your mother or fuck your mother or whatever. Not anymore because like yeah, I like Will too. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, man. It's crazy. It really is. It's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, but I mean, like, what's I mean? Obviously, you must have uh, experienced uh, even 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 worse. You were on the show, and you had one of I think you were on the season that had one of the worst reactions uh, on social media in terms of like the backlash. Like, uh, is yeah. is there anything like crazy that you experienced? Oh man, yeah. I mean, like you you could. I don't really want to like get into like weeds because I've already I've already talked about it a lot. But I mm. mean, obviously, I had people write letters to my employer, which right. ultimately had to terminate. You know, from like a ten year career. And, uh, you know, just like, go fuck yourself. These people, they're like, oh, the, you know, if you were to talk to somebody who wrote a letter now, they'd be like, oh, I didn't watch that show in like two years. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, but you like really cared about it back then, you piece of trash. Yeah, no, our season, for one, our season was great. So fuck everybody that hated it. Um, if you're that sensitive, if you suck that bad, if you don't want to see people that are actually trying to go for the money and fucking fight and claw and scratch and talk shit, then you're watching the wrong show anyway. You're a fucking loser. You need to stick to fucking Honey Boo Boo or something like that. But, uh, you know, our season was great, man. People talk shit about that. All that did was have this big outlash, uh, you know, this, this, uh, people just wanted to like go for everybody's throat. Um, and well, what, what have you gotten since then? You've got these watered down fucking chicken shit seasons of Big Brother where it's really all about, you know, fluffing up uh, bright colors. It's about um, showmances. It's about this person's cute and da da da. You know, it's like, yeah, everybody's looking at fucking hot people, but I mean, give me a break. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's not about, that's not what I got into Big Brother for. In fact, like people would be like, you know, Hey, I haven't watched Big Brother since you've been on. I'm like, Oh, you're not missing anything, you know? And I mean, you know, honestly, I hate to say that because it was a show that I loved at one point in time. Honestly, now I'm almost embarrassed to be associated with it. Like I can't tell somebody, Hey, Big Brother's coming up. You got to watch it. You'll like it. Cause I know in my head that they'll probably watch it and fucking hate it. Yeah. You know? Like there's a really good chance, depending on where you are in your life, that if you're a fucking grown person that, you know, likes a strategic competitive, that kind of thing that like what I liked about it, it's not that anymore. So don't even bother watching it, you know, get on Hulu and watch the past seasons of Survivor, you know? Yeah. So then then you'll probably be happier, but you know, I'm not going to try to talk anybody into watching my show. They're just not my show, the show I was on. 
because I mean, it's kind of a, a shell of its former self. Yeah, I definitely uh, have a hard time uh, recommending it to people, if it, uh, let, let alone if I can even get it out uh, to them that I podcast about the show without them, you know, making a stink face. Dude, three days a week. Then you've got like the live feeds. If anybody wants to get, nobody's going to like just jump into the live feed. So if they've never watched the show, I mean, chances are they've got a job, you know. So three days a week, it's on for like 100 days. I mean, like nobody, like I'm not going to tell somebody they need to start doing that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, and and yeah, like they, because it, it, it's like I feel like their strategy is to cling to the the audience they have, right? The current fans, because that's what's keeping them afloat. And they're not really attracting any new new viewers with this massively well, long season. Uh, yeah. But, but their advertising seems to be focused on like, oh, crazy hot summer. Uh, watch it for the hot people. Which like is yeah. that really going to attract long term fans? Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. I mean, like, I think the last time they tried to change up their, their demographic was with Frankie. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it worked. But it also made, like, the social media aspect of it worse because now you've got all these, you know, people. That, and, like, not knocking Frankie. I mean, I, you know, I've met the guy several times. He's always always been good to me. I'm not going to talk shit about somebody that's always been good to me. But, uh, you know, I say good to me. I mean, he didn't fucking give me some water cash or nothing. But, like, he was at least, like, you know, would, would talk, you know, talk and just, you know, normal, nice person. But, uh, you know. It was uh, a lot of his fans are are younger. They're there for different reasons, and it's it it really kind of uh, it, it makes the the social media aspect of Big Brother kind of like the cesspool of you know of fucking unreasonable people. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that that soils it for me. I don't know about you, but I don't like to like tweet an opinion out and then have like ten people attack it. I mean, like you know, disagreeing is one thing, but like these people get vicious because they're just nameless, faceless fucking losers. That boils, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Do you do you regret going on the show? I mean, obviously you had a lot yeah. of bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so you like you just you if if you had yeah if you had your way you could you would just like avoid having even been there. No, I mean, okay, it's one of those. It's like definitely a double edged sword because it's open doors for me that I never would have had before. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, there's definitely things I regret about it, man. I mean, like, I, I went from a job where I was making close to $80,000 a year to now making almost $30,000 a year, okay? Like, the respect of my family, like, they didn't understand Big Brother. They didn't understand. They thought I was just showing my ass, you know what I mean? They didn't understand that I was really trying to, like, just endear myself to people on their level. I mean, I played when I was 31. I was talking to 24 to 26-year-olds about fucking and music and drugs and it was just trying to like make them want to keep me around it wasn't because i just gotta talk about coming you know what i'm saying it was like give me a break you know i'm not just some fucking weirdo i was there playing a game and um it's just it's it's bizarre um do i do i regret it regret you know i always think it's funny like uh i do i will say this i roll my eyes every time robin cast tweets uh hashtag no regrets because like that's about casting, but like once you get on the show and survive it, you know there is maybe a few things that you wish you'd done differently. But like, um, you know, I didn't know my audience. It's really my fault, honestly. I, I underestimated the uh, amount of um, sensitive people that watch the feeds. Um, I underestimated the amount of um, people that want to create a villain in someone else so that they can feel better about themselves. Um, I underestimated, uh, you know, probably Alyssa's power outside the house. I thought that maybe people would see her the way I saw her. So, you know, not being very, I I was nice to her face. And that's one thing that's weird. Okay. You're like, Oh, you're a bully. Like I never said anything to anybody to their face. And like, I'm venting about them in another room. 
That's what anybody does at home. They talk about a coworker they don't like. That doesn't make them a bully. Like, unless you say that directly to that person, you're not really bullying them. You just got to be a dick, which is what everybody does. You know, I don't, I don't never really understood that. But uh, yeah, you know, maybe I, maybe I regret uh, not, uh, not censoring myself, but I don't really have much of a filter anyway, but that's the reason I got on the show. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, regret is a weird word because, dude, I've met John Party, Arlie Shaban, people I love. Let's talk about Arlie for just one second, all right? Let's talk sure. about and, and then McCray. But, dude, Arlie is fucking killing that Twitch poker. Have you been keeping up with the stuff yeah, he does? Yeah, the, the, the like, streak. He's probably on, like, day, like, 120 straight now of streaming. Um, he is fucking destroying it. And I want you to put the link to his stuff in the comments or in the, in the stuff below here. Um, and, uh, and try to push that man, get him as many subs as possible. Anybody that's listening, like Arlie has such uh, an amazing personality for one. I'm glad that he's found something that he can excel at. You know what I'm saying? And it's on his own terms. He's doing it the way he wants to do it. And he's having a lot of success. And that's what I wish for all my friends. And I'm just really proud to see Arlie killing it. You know? Yes. So, but no, man, I've met some very, some of the most fantastic people. Um, I mean, it, it's been wonderful. Um, there's been so many good things about it. I can't say I regret it. Uh, I do. I, there, there are aspects of it that I wish hadn't gotten as uh, as negative as, as they got. I mean, like I, you know, like I mean, you know, like I said, financially, I'm still recovering from it. You know, I, I took a big loss, man. And I'm, I'm doing. I work two jobs, you know, and uh, it's not pay my bills necessarily, but I've got to work two jobs to save. I lost all my retirement. You know, I've got to work. Uh, I've got to work harder than I had to before. Uh, which takes me away from Maryland, takes me, takes me away from my family, you know, my dogs, you know, that's important to me. It might not be important to anybody else, but it's important to me. And it, it, it puts me in a very, uh, even like when, when people are like, we on the show, like, I got to be almost submissive about it. I've got to be like, I'm going to be, yeah, because like, I don't know what they've heard, what they know. You don't know what's in somebody else's mind, which is the same thing that's weird about Big Brothers. You don't know what somebody else knows. So even when I got back from the show, they're like, hey, are you Spencer? I'd be like, yeah, but I didn't know if they were going to try to fucking punch me. I didn't know what they thought about me. And it made the 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 meeting people aspect of it, the fan interaction, it made it, you know, I, you know, I was, I was pretty, uh, uh, you know, apprehensive to, to when people would talk to me sometimes. Like, I got to where I wouldn't go grocery shopping. I wouldn't go to Walmart because people would want to come up to me. Um, you know, even now, I'm probably more, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say introverted, but, like it's almost like this PTSD. Like I don't like to go out in public. I don't like to see anybody. I want to see. I don't want to see anybody I went to high school with. Um, I don't want to because all the negative stuff that came out. It basically like if you ever had beef with me ever, high school, college, whatever, just personal life, whatever. When that happened, everybody I'd ever had to fight with was vindicated. They're like, "See, he's a piece of shit." Well, no, I'm not. That's horse shit. You know what I'm saying? That's it's totally fucking bunk. And. Uh, so like it's like because of the show, I feel like anybody I ever had a fight with has won that fight. And now I'm this, you know, person that, you know, you can have a negative opinion about because there's shit out on the Internet about me. that's negative. I've got to explain myself to people. You know, um, I applied for a job and this guy was like, hey, you know, I, I want to hire you. You're, you're a great candidate. Do you mind changing your name? what the fuck wow. i mean you know what i'm saying it's weird it's very weird it, and like it's just because i mean the internet clings to you and like i can't shake this stuff because somebody writes some fucking stupid ass blog okay to get clicks and they've lost they okay keep in mind some of these people have lost um you know the, the energy they've lost the desire to even maintain this blog or whatever but they're still they still own the domain name and paying for it for whatever reason you know, you can Google me and you find the shit that's negative that some idiot wrote five years ago. It's poorly written. It's a piece of trash. They didn't check any references. They damn sure didn't talk to me. 
And, you know, it, it's out there forever. And I've got to like answer for it now almost five years later. I mean, that's just weird. I mean, it's, it's not like, okay, like I can, go, I can go out to eat. Nobody's going to come up to me and say yeah. anything. And typically at this point, you know, if somebody does recognize me, it's great. Like I was eating sushi the other day. Marilyn and I were at the sushi restaurant. This guy was like, are you Spencer from Big Brother? I was like, yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, my God, you know, I love you. He said, you didn't deserve any of that shit you got, you know, about the show, blah, blah, blah. And this kid was like 18, so he would have had to watch me. He was like 14. This was yeah. like hilarious, you know, to me. But I was like, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And I was like, well, after he left, I was like, you know what I mean? Like, that was like a nice thing to say, I guess. But like, like you don't have to like bring up anything negative when I'm sitting here trying to eat my, you know, my sushi roll here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just kind of weird, like, all of a sudden, and then, like, um, it was like a year or two ago, like E published this article and it's like top 15 biggest scandals, in reality TV. And then like it mentions me and, you know, you're just like, boy, this is the last thing I needed today. You know, I'm having a fine day and all of a sudden I'm, you know, there's this new article out there about the scandal. That's really not even a scandal. It's like the McCray's microphone thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, obviously all the Aaron Jean Marie stuff too, you know, it's, they, we all get lumped in. So right. like, anything happens like you know it's all we're all together and uh anyway i mean like aaron speaking of people that i love i'm gonna shout out aaron can you believe that she's kicking so much ass as this mommy influence blogger okay like okay i'll tell you this too and like she knows this it's easy to like rebrand yourself when you're fucking hot okay (laughs) if you're sexy like you have kids boom kid another two and like you know you got this handsome husband that looks like uh I don't know what's that. What's a uh, Prince Eric on uh, Little Mermaid? Is that what his name is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but like that's what her husband reminds me of. I mean, like they've got like this perfect life. She's beautiful and she's just killing it because she's obviously got personality. You know, we've all seen her personality. But dude, she that YouTube channel is like. I mean, she's got like a hundred and something thousand uh, followers. Check me. Check my stats right quick. Can you look that up? Uh, sure. See what her sub- subscribers numbers are on YouTube. Check those right quick. Did she, she change her last name? Yeah, it's Erin Williams. Yeah. But yeah, she's obviously just destroying life. And, uh, you know, that's awesome for her. Oh, 209,000 subscribers. Whoa, Whoa, I was off by like 100,000. Good for her. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I remember when I was doing the podcast, we had like eight, like eight, eight and a half thousand or something like that, like 8,500. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, we can basically influence like, you know the world here this is just you know whatever you say here could go viral but you know obviously that's not the case yeah well no. I, I hadn't been keeping up she's got like a, she's got like a hundred thousand views for every video it's, it's insane did you not know that uh, well i knew she was doing this i didn't i didn't know it was so uh so big yeah those are big numbers man she's making killer money killer money good for her she deserves every bit of her success she had to put up with a lot of uh bullshit so i think everybody is allowed to learn and grow um, and you know, should be allowed the room to learn, mature, grow, and become a better person. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and she definitely had uh, no easy, easy time after the show. So, so do you feel like, uh, like you've been able to like recover and find your own sort of, you know, path uh, outside of this now? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like nothing's going to stop me. I'm not like, I'm not, you know, on the verge of suicide or, you know, something like that over there. I mean, fuck it. Like I've had some disappointments, some setbacks. Um, I certainly did not think, uh, the, the, those things would go the way they went, but man, like I'm, like I told you, I'm drawing now. I've, I found a more creative interest than I was able to have time for before. 
um, you know, when I was at the railroad, like I was there for like almost 10 years and I, you know, I never, I kind of stopped, I'd stopped drawing at that time. And, uh, you know, I'm picking things back up. I'm able to, uh, I'll write, I, I, I try to focus when I have like a good idea instead of before being like, Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Now I'm like, you know, how can I, how can I, uh, foster this? How can I incubate it in my brain and make it a better story? And I can write it down, share it with like McCray, you know, um, I, he's kind of the, my sounding board. I, I tell him all, all my ideas and I'll, you know, write things up. I, most, most times I'm like writing stuff. I hear them called like vomit drafts, which is gross. Cause I hate the word vomit, yeah. <clears throat> but it's basically like, I'll write like, like five or six pages of like, you know, this could happen and this could happen, this could happen. Blah, blah, blah. And like, I send it to him and like, we kind of like talk about the story and then like, I'll write it out, you know, uh, in just kind of a different form that it would, you know, kind of start putting dialogue to it and, you know, things like that. And, you know, I've got a goal. I'd like to get published this year. I don't know if that'll happen. Um, I, you know, I'm not talking about self-publishing. I'd like to submit a story and it get picked up, you know, whether it be some short story, um, you know, whether I could get, uh, you know, possibly paired with an artist uh, to draw it and like maybe be part of some anthology on Kickstarter. Like, I don't need anything big, but I would just like to get something out there with my name on it that would be positive. Um you know, positive for me, not like positive as in like I need some positivity, but you know, just like something that I can be like, okay, maybe this is something like I could I could lean to and and, and keep working on it and keep developing. And you know, maybe you know, maybe there's stories in my brain that like that nobody can tell but me. So like I need to I need to like work on them and not 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 get to that point in my life where you know I think that like that's something I can't do. I don't want to get. Um, you know, when you're a kid and you're really like, um, you know, I'm going to be a fucking astronaut and somebody's like, you dumbass, you can't go to the moon or, you know, whatever, you know, like, and you, you know, eventually at, at a certain point in time, you get beaten down to where you stop kind of having these dreams and ideas, that kind of stuff. Actually, since the show, like the opposite has happened. Like I've been more idealistic. I'm like, you know, I can do that. You know, just like, you know, with the podcast and I did that, <clears throat> I enjoyed it. If McCray had been such a piece of shit partner, you know, I still would be doing that. Uh, well, I don't know. I've lost interest. It really wasn't him. I mean, to a point it was, and he knows it. Like, we're not, I'm not like digging up shit here, but like, like again, the fandom, I got tired of being like, I don't have to defend my opinion. Fuck you. If you don't like my opinion, just disagree with it. But I'm not going to like defend it. I put it all out there in the podcast. Watch it. That's my, that's, uh, that's everything I've got to say about it. Um, you know, I, I, there's lots of things I can do. I started uh, a moving company. You know, I have built that. It's been successful. You know, I have several moves a month. Um, I've worked very hard. I've been able to pay my house off, you know, um, like that's a huge accomplishment, man. Did you, you name know? it the moving company? I did actually. No, um, no, I'm not gonna tell you my name of it. Cause then people try to look me up and give me fucking phone calls. Cause I, Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't want to do that, but, uh, but no, I mean like, you know, I, I dabble, I dabble in a lot of things. I enjoy things. I, uh, now, you know, talking about Nick earlier, um, that does the Patreon that I, I like to support. I support his art, not just support his Patreon. That sounds kind of dumb, but like, um, when you have that paywall, okay. And let's talk about that for a little bit. Social media is social media. That's like, you know, you got to fucking take everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like, um, stand out in the parking lot of like, uh, of like Walmart and you just got to take everybody that comes up to you. You know, it's like, you don't really get to pick who's shopping at Walmart that day. Um, but when you create a paywall, you get people that want to hear what you've got to say. They're not going to like be like, oh, he said something that might be not perfectly PC or something, you know, like just some stupid bullshit to bitch about. Um, they're there because they want to be there. And it's worth $2 a month to do that. I mean, like really, the, I think the paywall is almost like the next evolution of social media. It's like, you know, if uh, if like Twitter had a function, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always like thinking of stupid shit. Like if Twitter had a function, it was like if somebody pays a quarter a month, 
I'll click a little button on my tweet and they'll get to see this. And some people will get to see this tweet. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to share something, like say I get published, I'm excited about it. I'm going to put it out there. If you're paying a quarter a month, I'm assuming you're not some fucking idiot troll that's just going to cause trouble for me and like write to the publisher and editor and send them links to things or whatever the fuck you think you're going to do. <clears throat> so like just by having a, a paywall right there, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it, it keeps people out. It's like a moat, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I, for people that I like, I don't mind paying like, I mean, for, for Nick's, I, I do more than $2, but there's a couple I do like, you know, whatever the, their minimum thing is. And I, I support probably four or five people on Patreon, even though that's, that's about to scale back be honest with you um because some people aren't as good at it as other people nick's damn good at it i'll give him more money when i pull back from somebody else um because i'm getting i mean like he's like literally takes my drawings and then draws over them and it's like you know this would look better you could do this do this different body post posture you know just things like that and like i always say you know i really want to take drawing i'd like to go to art school and um but it, it's difficult to just kind of pack up your life and go to like wherever the art school is you know whether mm. it be you know, wherever it is, <clears throat> um, there's a couple of different ones. I mean, one in New Jersey, uh, Kubrick School of Art that I would love to go to. Um, but there's others, you know, and it's just not possible. So this is like, you know, paying 20 bucks a month. <clears throat> and at the end of the year, I've got, you know, $240 invested in somebody that's actually very passionate about the same type of art I'm passionate about. Like, I understand basics are important, but if I were to take an art class here in Conway, it's like draw this bowl of fruit. And like, even though I do have problems like shading sometimes, things like that, like I know the basics help, but like, that's not really what I'm interested in. <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm somewhere beyond beginner. I'm not at like professional working artist, but you're also, it's like, I heard somebody say the other day, and there's a guy named Ian Laurie that's fantastic. I love his art. He draws real ugly shit. It's like squiggly and like shit coming out of like forehead and like this. Anyway, it's very weird. You should, you should look him up. It's a, at Ian and it's I-A-I-N. Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E. And I think he was he retweeted somebody or, or maybe he said it himself. But it's like, you know, if, if you know, I'm not going to let my lack of uh, refined drawing keep me from telling the stories I want to tell. Like, you know, if I'm the only person that can tell them and this is as good as I can draw, well, this is just as good as they're going to be, but at least they're out there in the world. You know, at least people can see them. They might, yeah, I mean, you could compare me to like Greg Capullo or like, which I'm not really like into Greg Capullo's art, um, but you know, there's there's all these like you know fantastic artists out there, and you know, yeah, sure they can draw. I'll never be able to draw as good as Frank Quietly, but if that's my goal, then I need to just hang it up. You know, I can like chase him and try to get that good. You know, but like the important thing is is that I'm putting stuff out there that people can see, um, so they can kind of get to know me as a person through my narrative, through my storytelling, and I can get better at it. I mean, it's just like this podcasting thing, you know, like, like, you know, if you watch your first podcast, you might have been like, okay, but you're a lot better now. Yeah. You know, and like, the only way I'm going to get better at drawing and storytelling is to do it. So if I'm going to do it, I need to share it. I need to get feedback. I either need to listen to like the constructive stuff and ignore the bullshit. But either way, I've got to, I've got to be vulnerable enough to put myself out there, say, look world, look what I've done. And I hope you like it. And if you don't, you know, fuck off. And if you do, awesome. Thank you. There'll be more to come. You know, 
And I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of being like the world's worst motivational speaker. <laughs> uh, no, no. It's I think I think there's really something uh, in what you're saying, especially like how you know you, when you were at your job before, you were just kind of you know going along, um, and then you know after Big Brother, I feel like you know when you are broken down, that really does in some ways open you up to all kinds of different possibilities that you would have just looked past before. Um, <laughs> And uh, like, I, I don't know, I feel like uh, it it gives you like if you're able to overcome it, right, if you're able to like move past the uh, the adversity and all of that, then you I think you do usually come out a little stronger on the other side and a little more willing to like really go for it. And it's really cool that you uh, you're sort of able to, you know, take what was uh, largely a negative experience and sort of allow it to change your life in a way that has opened you up to new possibilities. And you're, like, you're really going for uh, for your dreams, uh, right? Like, like this, is, sure. this is something you've been passionate about for a long time. And I think there is something sure. really inspiring about that. Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about how inspiring it is here in a couple of years if I've succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> if not, I'm just a dude that wanted to do something, didn't. So then I'm even a bigger failure than I am like this second, you know? Well, I don't, uh, I don't think so either. Cause like, you know, I've, I've talked to people about that too. Cause, you know, I like, I, I, I quit my full time job to, uh, to focus on podcasting and, um, like uh especially when it was still uh, pretty fresh it was when i was starting this podcast and i talked to a lot of different people like like eric stein and uh you know who talked about like you know even if it doesn't work out like there's there's something there in the trying that is very valuable absolutely yeah yeah absolutely. um so like you know even if even if i'm do, if i'm doing podcasting for like 2 years and then it like it never never really you know lands me major success or anything like i still did podcasting for 2 years and i still got to live that time like following my passion and living like my best you know truth and and all of that so yes, um, yeah there, there's still something really uh really there but dude okay um i'm going to quote jim carrey which i don't do very often um, but you know, you've probably seen, it's kind of a semi-famous clip of him, uh, given like this commencement speech at a university. He talks about his father. His father uh, was a very funny person, could have been a stand-up comedian in his own right. Uh, but he, he didn't do that. He was, he was afraid to do that. He took a job, uh, at, at this accountant firm. And over the course of some years, you know, he did his whole thing, but he, he got, he lost his job. He was terminated. And, um, you know, it was devastating to him. And, you know, I can tell you, man, that, that is a devastating thing because you know, I didn't have a family to take care of when I was term, when I had my termination, but like, you know, he did and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, one thing that it, it taught uh, Jim, I'll call him Jim. One thing it taught Jim was that, you know, you can fail at doing something you don't want to do. So you might as well do what you want to do, man. Like mm -hmm. just put your heart into it, man. Put everything you can into it. And, you know, there's no guarantees in life about anything. You know, no guarantees in life about anything. So if you find something that you're passionate about, you've got a talent in, and those boxes are both checked for you, then you need to just pursue them with, like, the fucking savage vigor of a goddamn fucking Mesozoic air beast that's fucking just killing something, chasing it down on the plains and just destroying it. That's how you need to be. You need to imagine yourself as this animal that sees its prey in the distance, and you're running at it, you're running at it, and there'll be a point, you're not just going to get it, eat it, nothing's that easy. It's going to run from you. It's going to fucking have its own evolutionary, like, uh, you know, benefits. It's going to help it zig and zag and better eyesight than you maybe even. And it's going to be tough to catch. But when you catch it and you bite into it, that meat is going to be so fucking sweet. It's going to be worth all the hard work and the perspiration that, uh, that was required to catch that. 
you know, so I want you to keep that in mind, man. Nothing's going to come easy. So, like, even if you have times when you're down, this is what you made a promise. You know, you've got my phone number. But I want you to promise me that if you ever get to a point, like, I know that you're friends with Rob and Eric. You've got all these other people in your life. But when you get to the point where you say, you know, fuck it, maybe I need to give up, I want you to call me. Okay, because I really want to talk to you about it. If, if you ever get to a point in your life like that, because I want to encourage you, I want to see where you're at, away things, and we'll have a serious conversation about it. Because anybody that's got the fucking nuts to do what they want to do, and there's they've got the drive and ambition. Sometimes that drive, sometimes you know, you, you lose energy for something. You know what I mean? And like you, you need to keep that fire in your belly. And so, like I said. Uh, I think that it's amazing that you're doing what you're doing, and and I want you to keep it up. And man, you're going to find the success. You are going to find the success. It's down the road. It's there. And you know, who knows? You might not be that far from it right now, or you could be two years from it. But at some point, if you keep trying to keep working hard, you keep doing a good quality thing that's very true to you. It's what you want to do. You're going to make it. There's no there's no doubt about it. And whatever making it is for you too. You know, I mean, it could just be 209 subscribers on YouTube, or it could be the right person sees you, you know, you may have interviewed somebody six months ago or 18 months ago or two years or three years ago who now has moved up some ladder and they're in some position where they're like, you know who I'm going to call that could, you know, would be good at this. Boom. Your phone's ringing. You know what I'm saying? So just keep, keep all that in mind. So yeah. I, th- I, th- thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah. it, it, like same, same goes for you too. Cause like, uh, I, I would love to, uh, I would love to get back into comics and, and end up reading some of your stuff. I think that'd be really cool. I would. I think that'd be cool too. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this, this is a heartwarming moment in the on, on the Terran show. Hey, they're rare, few and far between, but it's always nice when one can uh, come from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I uh, t- tell you, you mentioned um, you mentioned the the podcast on the block. Uh, yeah. d- do you want to tell me more about that? Um. It, you know, it died. I mean, now McCray's doing it with Cameron. I've not watched a single episode. Not because I don't support McCray. Not because I don't support Cameron. I think Cameron's a uh, a very uh, a nice guy. <clears throat> um, you know, I don't watch it. I, I don't really. It's not that I don't care to. I'll tell you what I'm most proud about. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about something positive. The, uh, like, okay. Uh, did you ever watch Cheers? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Doesn't matter. Did you ever watch Frasier? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, are you aware that Frasier is a spinoff from Cheers? Yes, I did know that. Okay, okay. Um, On the Block was, in, in my opinion, successful in its own right. Okay, we'll say it's a Cheers, maybe not quite a Cheers. You know, it's probably like, uh, I don't know, wouldn't be Cheers, but it's something. Yeah. But the Frasier that spun off of On the Block is all the fixings with Max and Corinne. Oh, yeah. Okay? And I, I'm very proud of uh, of of Max and Corinne and the audience they found and the um, just kind of like their niche. They found it, man. And they hit it, they hit it hard. Um, and they've done a fantastic job. And uh, I want you to put that link and their handles in the comments here. Okay. I want you, I'm, I'm, you're, you're putting it in. I want you to include Aaron and Aaron's link to her YouTube. She's only got $209,000. Okay. <laughs> or not dollars. But she probably got that too. But two thousand two hundred. Two, what did I say? 209,000 209, subs. We need to get that up to like 210, 211, okay? We need to keep, we got to help her out. <laughs> but uh, no, I just want to support my friends. That's why I'm putting all this out here, man. That's what it's about. It's about helping each other. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but no, Max and Corinne have done a fantastic job. They, I mean, they've got well over 100 episodes now. I mean, it's probably like 115. I don't listen to them, you know, all that much. Um, I like them, love them. I think that they've done a fantastic job. Proud of them. Um, and, uh, you know, 
it's 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 excellent um, what they've done. It's far superior than anything McCray and I could have done uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, like if McCray and I lived in the same city, that would help. If we lived in a city that had a population of like Los Angeles, we could have done more with like the um, uh, you know the Patreon that kind of thing that uh, you know we could launch like you know meet and watch and talk and drink and whatever. Um, and things like that they're able to do and they do it very well and people love it they respond to it and it's created it's almost like a cult i mean they i know they talk about it like that and it's fantastic and i'm very very proud of, of both of them for what they've done so it's very anyway. cool yep put that out there but no that's it man as far as all the blocks there's nothing to say nothing to say about that it's um it's over it was fun um i would at some point i've thought about podcasting something doing something just because I like that aspect of, of like uh, creativity. I like talking to people. So like, I don't really have a way to exercise that portion of my personality to be able to talk, interview. I mean, like you're going to interview because you're not talking, you're listening, you're allowing me to talk, <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's, a, that's, a, that's something that like, you know, it, it's hard to do. You listen, I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm like, this guy needs to shut the fuck up and let his <laughs> guest talk. I don't, I'm not tuning in to listen to this guy talk. And you know, people don't get it, but like, you know, as far as an interviewer goes, you need to have like a handful of questions to ask somebody. But then if you let them talk, you've got to be uh, sharp enough to be able to ask follow-up questions. Interviewing is all about follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. and, and you do a really good job of that. Thank so, you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You don't have to thank me every time I compliment you. I'm going to compliment you so many times. We don't need all the thanks. Just just keep fucking trucking. I, I, I am in general just like very bad at accepting compliments. Like uh, I, I'm, I've never gotten good at it. I don't know. I, I don't think I was used to it enough as a child. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, it's hard to accept compliments. Compliments are those things that like uh, – because you're taught to be humble. You're also mm -hmm. taught growing up that, um, you, you know, um, sometimes compliments – sometimes compliments seem fake mm -hmm. too. Some people are like, oh, hey, you're really good at that. And you're like, are they just saying that they're being nice? Do they really mean it? You know, like I'm telling you, I'm not being nice. I would, I'm a dickhead. Like <laughs> I would definitely tell you if you sucked at something, you know, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily tell you, but like, I wouldn't like share this link afterwards and mm. I would never do it again. But like, you know, I've, uh, I'd do this again. So, Hey, let's talk about something that like, you know, you, we talk about you as, as a good podcaster, but like you, you hadn't really gotten to one of the hard hitting questions. And that question is Spencer, why have you gotten so fat? I'll tell you. I appreciate you asking. <laughs> I eat all the time. It's it's crazy, okay? I keep waiting on like uh, one of like those. Uh, I'm not really a celebrity, but like you know, maybe I'm low tier enough to like a celebrity fit club happen again. I'm waiting for like Mr. Spectacular to get like the green light to like take a bunch of fatties and like exercise us and like you know get like thin again. I need so I don't have my motivation. I'm I'm torn in all these different directions, and I'm not I'm not exercising like I need to. How do you mm -hmm. stay so thin? Uh, well, I actually, um, I, 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 I wasn't always, I wasn't always, uh, I, um, I, like, I'm a very like, uh, obsessed, obsessive person. So, uh, like when I found out that like, I can like diet and, and work out and stuff, like I very obsessively got into it. Um, but then, uh, more recently I've, uh, I've started using like trainers just to like, uh, okay. like deal with like, just tell me what to do. And, uh, like then I have like a, a plan that I can follow and I, I like following plans and checking things off. And so like, I get like, uh, like stimulation from like, okay, yes, uh, perfect, perfect week. I, I ate this amount of calories and I worked out this much and, uh, yeah. like the, the, uh, the obsessive part of my brain really loves it. How old are you? Uh, 25. Well, that's a fucking answer right there. <laughs> yes. That's 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my God, you get all the, the trainers and calories. And, no, it's you're 25 years old. When I was 25, I was still kind of fat when I was 25, but I wasn't this fat. I, I think I'm heavier now than I ever have been. I'm heavier now than I was on Big Brother. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can tell, can't you? It's embarrassing. I just, I, I, just, I, 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 I see you from like, like uh, shoulders I look, up. I look like a fucking, I don't know, what's one of those fish that like, those fishing birds, you know, that's what I feel like. See, you look pretty good to me. I don't know. Thanks. Well, I'm wearing the black and I keep it dark behind me. Mm. So, I'm kind of like, and I'm trying to like, I'm also trying to like flex backwards or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was interesting. Like, cause, um, uh, I, I, I was like never a, a healthy eater, uh, growing yeah. up. Like, uh, I, um, I basically had to make all of my own food as a child. So it was what like, plant, photosynthesis? <laughs> yeah, like naturally, uh, no, I wish if it was, if it was that, it probably would have been a lot healthier. Uh, it was like, it was like uh craft Mac and cheese, like every night, like frozen pizzas. Um, and, uh, that's like, so that's like how my tastes grew. And so now like, uh, you know, I, I, I love Mac and cheese and like, I, this is just all I want to eat is pizza and French fries. And like, I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it is it is it is difficult, and I think that at some point in my life I will just eventually revert to like, uh, all right, I'm I'm done. Time to just eat all the pizza and fries that I want. Well, that happened to me about a year ago. I think. I <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm just gonna eat everything I want to eat because like I have like this weird fixation. Like I like to chew. I like crunch. Mm-hmm. I like everything about eating. Like I mean, I'm very. I mean, it's very. Um, very addiction you know it's an addiction like i need to go to like rehab for food i need to go to fat camp is what i need to do um if i'm gonna if i'm gonna, okay i always say like man i wish somebody would kick my door open right now fucking slap me across the face knock this pizza in the floor i'm eating right now put a bag over my head take me at gunpoint to some fucking cave somewhere and like hold me there for like i don't know two months two three months do survivors I mean, like, really? Like, no, it needs to be longer than that. It needs to be borderline abusive, okay? <laughs> I need, like, to have some, like, torturous tape played in my mind all the time about, like, calories will kill you. <laughs> calories will kill you. You are fat. You are disgusting. Like, I need something like that. I need something that's going to torment me so that, like, it sticks. I don't know what else to do. Like, okay, like, Emmett, he's got the, the barn, you know? Mm. Have you, you know that? I'm talking about his, like, fitness center or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, He's all into it. Like, yeah, he's all into it. Like, what's it going to take for Emmett to fly down here and hold me hostage and make <laughs> me lose weight? Like, it's it's either that's going to happen or I'm going to die. I mean, like, I'm not going to say that if I die, it's Emmett's fault. But I mean, like, you know, he's not looking up plane tickets to Arkansas. Let's just say that. And I'd like for you to put uh, Emmett's contact information in the uh, comments. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you should. Understand? You should propose. Uh, you should propose that as a fitness plan for Emmett, like uh, as a as a trainer. Like uh, you, sh- you sh- uh, he should he should uh, come to people's houses and kidnap them, and then yeah. uh, keep them hostage for like three months. Uh, like really, really get them, maybe four months. Maybe like really, really train them up. It needs to, it needs to be like serious. It needs to be almost where like you develop like a Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I mean, like you and your captor are like not just work like trainer trainee. It's like like you want to do everything for this person, you know, like make it almost borderline sick. And, and I think that's the way to do it. I mean, it's like this. Okay. This is kind of interesting. And uh, my dad kind of had to say, I wouldn't say health scare, but like, he, anyway, uh, basically he's got some things with his liver that uh, the, the doctor said was, I don't know, you know, how like doctors, they don't lie to you or nothing like that. But like, 
they're like, this will kill you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My dad is like, he's born 52. So he's like, he's going to be 56 this year or 66 this year. And, uh, you know, he's got some liver problems. And the doctor said, this is going to kill you in five years if you don't do anything about it. And uh, my dad doesn't drink ever, like never drinks at all. And like they think he drinks because his liver's in really bad shape. But it's just because he's, he's overweight. And he's had, you know, he's just, he doesn't exercise. I mean, my dad's a judge. So like he's got a job where he's, he sits all the time and like he eats and it's very stressful. I know. So like, I don't know. Now, I know that just the minor amount of stress that I, I put myself through, he's actually doing like life changing issues where like t- kids away from parents or mm-hmm. sentences jail, which will then take a father away from a child for a period of time. I mean, like, he's dealing with very real life things. So like, I understand like his, uh, his stress level is obviously higher than mine. And, uh, and sometimes you don't usually get home, you just want to rest. And like, he doesn't exercise, like I said, things like that. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's scary. I see myself heading down that path too. I see myself, you know, getting heavy, having problems, this kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I've kind of been at a, at a challenge here recently where I'm like, I could get up and I could go help my uh, dad exercise. I could go walk with him because I need to walk. He needs to walk. I mean, it'd be perfect. And, uh, and I don't do it. And it's, it's weird because at some point, if my father does pass away and it's due to these issues, like, I'm going to be like, why didn't you just do that? You needed to do this anyway. You know, like, um, it, it's very, it's very bizarre. Life is weird, isn't it, Taryn? It is. Yeah. It is weird. I would like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Like I said, uh, my dad's had this, this health scare. And it, it worries me. Um, and like I said, I see myself heading on the same path and I, I got to stop it. I got to figure out a way. I got to figure out a way to stop it. And if I could stop it and help him, that would be, that would be perfect. You know, perfect for everybody involved. Yeah. You know, um, I love my dad. I feel like honestly through the show, I let him down because like he raised me to be a stand up person, this kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I am, I mean, I'm very assertive. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have to like say this, but like, I feel like, I feel like he did a good job raising me. Um, and I feel like I need to keep him alive long enough that I can either get something that I can either be successful in some area of my life that will kind of like erase that really embarrassing part for him. Cause like my family was embarrassed cause of the show, cause they didn't like get it. They didn't understand. And like when I got back, they were like kind of mad at me. Like they weren't even like, you know, Hey, fuck those people. You did great. They were like, you know, this was awful. And you know, your aunt Kay got attacked at Walmart and like, I mean, it's just weird. And I was like, Oh shit. They're not even proud of me. So like, I feel like I got this like weird, um, I, I'm playing catch up in all aspects of my life still. And, uh, you know, like I said, my dad got this health scare, but uh, just talking about being healthy and things like, I, like I'm basically saying, I know it's going to catch up with me and, uh, it's caught up with him. Uh, I've, I feel helpless in, in, in that aspect. And, uh, Hopefully I can I can do something about it. So anyway, just edit that out. That was terrible. <laughs> no, no, that was no. Like uh, I I totally I totally understand what you mean too. Like uh, uh, my my dad uh, he's had uh, three heart attacks um, and uh, oh, yeah and he had open heart surgery on one of them. His dad died of a heart attack um, and that's that's sort of like one of the reasons why I you know uh, started to try to to be healthier myself um, yeah. just cause you know, like uh, I feel like, I feel like there's a clock uh, hanging over my head at sure. some point. Yeah. Sure. Um, my grandfather died of a, of a heart attack. He was at work and just fell over the floor dead at work. He owned a restaurant. Um, I, like this, I'm not trying to be funny at all, but I often think about like, boy, that must've been a lot of people been like, I do not need to eat this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but, uh, cause he died like around lunchtime uh, one day at work. 
Um, it, oh, this is weird. He died January 28, 1988, which is just a day. But like, think about how many times he lived through January 28th. They never thought this is the day I'm going to die. I mean, isn't mm. that weird? Yeah. And like, he doesn't know the day he died. I think that's another thing that's weird. You're not going to know the day you die. Yeah. It's crazy. You might, you're like, it was like prolonged and like, you're like, mm-hmm. uh, this is it for me. But, uh, one thing I was gonna say about my father is like, cause he's a, he's a judge and he does a thing called drug court. Have you ever heard of drug court? I, I just watched a, a documentary about, about it a little bit. There was a little bit about uh, it. Um, it was, uh, I think it was called heroin. Um, it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a drug. That's about. There's a female cop. It's about all the opioid epidemic, like in Kentucky or somewhere. Yeah. That's actually a really good one. That's a really good one. Those people are fucking dying left and right. It's crazy. Mm. But anyway, we won't talk about that. There's one called like I don't know, Meth City, USA, or some shit like that. It's filmed <laughs> in Arkansas. And the guys that did the documentary interviewed my dad. And my dad has not seen the documentary, but he's mentioned in the uh, credits. But anyway, you know, my dad, he sends people to this rehab thing. It's basically you're turning people, you're seeing them as sick. And like maybe they've got something psychological they need to, to work on, whether it be anxiety, depression, family issues, whatever. Instead of seeing them as just this drug druggie that needs to go to jail because that doesn't help anybody. You know what I'm saying? So they get an opportunity to go to rehab. They've got to complete courses. They've got to do this kind of stuff. And at the, at the end of it, they graduate. They're proud. They've got their life back together. And that's kind of the goal is to reunite families and healthy situation well you know my dad is sending people to this rehab you know because um you know they're addicted to meth or cocaine or crack or whatever the case may be and it's weird because my dad is addicted to like salts and fats and sugars but like there's nothing in place to save his life but that's going to kill him faster than like not maybe the meth would but i mean you know or opioids or whatever but like it's it's possible. I mean, like it's it's not like somebody needs to take my dad and take me and put us in handcuffs and take us to, to jail and make us face a judge that says you eat too damn much. It's bad for you. It's going to kill you. And you know, I'm not really for the legal system sending fat people away. To fat people. <laughs> but I'm just making a point that it's interesting that for drugs and alcohol, even like that's something that's very common. It's accepted. But then you've got all these people that are that are literally killing themselves by just eating, you know, burgers and french fries all the time. And you just kind of say, oh, it's just a fat person. You know, you don't see him as somebody that, you know, maybe needs help. It's it's not it's not viewed as an addiction when it's clearly it's, it's an addiction. I'm addicted to food. I love to eat it. I yeah. got a bag of Cadbury mini eggs. You know what I'm talking about? The Easter candy? Yeah, yeah. I've got a bag of those in my refrigerator right now. <laughs> and I'm going to fucking eat the whole bag. And it, I'll, I'll like to eat them like over a little bit here, a little bit there. I probably, I'm not going to sit down and eat them in one setting. But like I'm gonna destroy those things, and I look forward to it. I anticipate it. Mm. I'm gonna eat these things like, like it's nobody's business. I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna devour them. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna love it. But then I'm gonna look at myself. Okay, this is another thing about getting fat. You you won't experience this for forever. I hope I hope you stay thin. But like I'm so fat. Like I'll get out of the shower and I like look at myself, you know, and like I'll see my fucking tits, and I'll actually fool myself. I'm like that fat is growing in such a way that you kind of look muscular. It's like, does anybody think that my fat tits are muscle? I probably got a bunch of people fooled, you know? And like, I don't at all. And it's very bizarre. But like, my mind is telling me, you're not as fat as you think you are. You're actually looking good. Your fat is growing in just the right places. But it's not. It's clearly not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obese. It's, it's borderline. It's sad. I feel like uh, the, the, the headlines from this podcast are going to, oh, Spencer Clausen wants to send fat people to jail. Yeah, I, and I do. So yeah. we'll just yeah, we'll just stamp that. I take back how I said that I don't, but I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Lock them up. Lock lock them up.
But uh, I bet you did not expect to get into all these rants when you asked to interview me. Yeah, I'm this sorry. Is, I feel this like is great. I'm just a crazy person. This is great. I love it. Uh, lots, lot of, lot of interesting places we've gone to. This is, uh, this is fantastic. I feel like a lot of your listeners will be able to relate to my struggles. Okay. I'm sure I think a lot of people like I I mean uh like I can definitely I I used to uh I used to just like eat Cheez-Its like all all day oh every my day. God, they give me heartburn though. If I eat a Cheez-It, I'm going to take some Prilosec cuz they give me heartburn. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh I I think one thing that's helped me is that I'm like I'm just like a very picky eater in general. So uh gotcha. like I don't like chocolate um and uh I've never I've never drank uh alcohol at all so it's like uh I I've I've been able to like prevent myself from to, from getting to like the really uh, bad stuff. Yeah, the, the chocolate and alcohol. Yeah, that's. I mean, those two things you've avoided. That's good. I don't drink either. I don't drink beer. If I drank beer, like I would be just this. I mean, have you ever seen Weird Science? You know that thing that Chet turns into. Uh, no, I, I don't know. It's it's gross, and that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Um, is what that- else you got? It, well, is that is that like a, is that like a thing that you uh, you like you actively avoid uh, drinking, or you just don't like beer? No, I just don't like. It. I've never done the taste. I've tried. I've trust me. I've tried to like it. You know, because like I like to smoke weed, and I can't because of my job. And um, you know, even though like my job is, it's not like anyway, it's not necessarily exactly my calling. But I don't want to lose it either. You know what I'm saying? And I wish I could smoke just like a little bit of weed. But like when you take the drug test, like there's a huge difference between like. Point zero 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 weed in your system and point zero 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 one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's a huge difference there. You know that means a lot. And uh, you know, like I said, man, I'm 36. I can't. I can't. Uh, you know, if I lived in a place where I could smoke weed, man, I'd be smoking weed right now. I'd be talking to you high as fuck, and we'd be having a ball. At least I would be, and uh, it'd be great. But I can't smoke weed, so I don't. And I can't, and maybe I, maybe it's part of my eating thing. I don't think that's, I don't, I don't like get some high off of eating, but like I don't drink. I don't try to supplement that I can't smoke weed with alcohol. I don't like it. Um, like I could have, like I've got like a bottle of like rum somebody gave me one time. Um, no, it's not rum. I've got a bottle of rum here too, but it's actually a bottle of whiskey. It's uh, this Woodford Reserve, I think is the name of it. I don't know my shit. But anyway, somebody had uh, my name etched on the bottle. It's a long story. And I, I'm not going to drink it. It'll sit in my, It'll it'll like it'll be part of my retirement. Like I will sell that bottle as like forty year old whiskey yeah. to somebody for enough money to uh, you know buy a fishing pole or something one day. But uh, like I'll never drink it. I don't I don't care to. It's just not my thing. So mm. I mean like when I go to um, like Big Brother uh, related things, reality stuff, uh, which I'm not really doing any charities this year. And I'm probably phasing that out. I like being like attached to like a good cause because I like helping people. If I can do. If I can do anything to help somebody, I surely would like to, you know, uh, even if it's raising money or just being somewhere that other people have to pay to go. You know, you might not necessarily come to see me, but I'm part of a crowd that's, you know, being paid to entertain. You know, I would, I would certainly like to do that. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of phasing out of uh, the charity stuff. But uh, at that, sometimes I'll try to drink a little bit, but I hate it. Like, I'll, this is what I do when I go to a bar. I'll order like a shot of rum and like a Coke, okay? And I'll take the shot and I'll chase it with the Coke and then I'll have them get me another Coke. And then I'm just going to walk around with a Coke. You mm. know what I'm saying? And and that's kind of what I do. Because I, I like being, I don't mind being drunk, really. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't like having to drink so much that uh, to get myself intoxicated. Because it's, it's expensive. You know, I don't like mm. spending the money. Part of the alcohol thing is I'm cheap, yeah. you know? 
But like, if I could spend it like on a bait pen or like on some like good weed, I'll, you know, I'll smoke that. And but then I'll go around and smell like weed. I'm like meeting people like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good. And like, I know I smell like weed. And, you know, I think it smells wonderful, but like, you know, if I'm meeting like kids or something like that, like, I certainly don't want to be like any kind of bad role model because there's a whole lot that goes into being a role model. And, um, you know, I've, I've never said I'm a role model for one, but like, I wouldn't want somebody to be like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be judged because I smell like weed uh, negatively because yeah. weed's awesome. And if you judge it negatively, that's on you. But uh, anyway, that's, that's all part of the weed culture, man. You can't, I mean, you can't help it. It's just, you know, it's it's got kind of a bad rep because it's illegal. So you don't want to do that. You look like a criminal just because you smell like weed, you know. But uh, but no, uh, you don't tell me now. Let's just type top. Uh, uh, in the past, you said you don't do alcohol. You ever uh, smoke drugs? No, no, no. I haven't. Uh, Not at all. Yeah, no, Not at all. <laughs> Have you ever smoked weed at all? No, no, I haven't. Um, really? I've, I've certainly I've been a, I, in high school, especially. I was like around people that did, um, but uh, yeah, I never, uh, never really did it. Um, I, I, especially okay, this is weird. This is what like I'm sorry to cut you off, okay. but good for you. And don't start smoking weed. You're on the right path. You're doing good. We don't need anything to derail derail your. Uh, 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 your your future it's mm-hmm. coming at you fast and we don't need anything to, to slow you down um but this is uh it's a weird thing okay like when you see on television uh even like in comics or whatever cartoons i mean i don't know what cartoons have stoners on there but a lot of them do i guess you know now cartoons or whatever there's adult cartoons but stoners are always portrayed as the stoner it's almost like uh like the best you get is like Jay and Silent Bob, and that's not good. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like normally there's like uh, like some weird old burnout hippie. You've got that character. You've got like the teen slacker. You know all that kind of stuff. And that that's that's you know it's really kind of it's a, it's a false it's a false um, uh, representation. Yeah. And then like you've got like alcohol and like people like alcohol like alcohol. It's like James Bond, all fucking cool as fuck, drinking, yeah. it's like martini shaking, not stirred, that whole thing. If every person that drank on a television show, cartoon, movie was like uh, uh, Barney from The Simpsons, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that, that's, that is, again, a false representation. But if they were all portrayed as that, people would think the people that drank were slobs that just burped and were gross and dumb and slow acting. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think there's something... Uh, I don't really have a point other than like it's portrayed wrong. It's wrong for one, but it's what it is. Yeah. Like, like, uh, at my, at my high school, I was, I was probably one of the very few people in my entire class that didn't smoke or, or drink. Um, Dude, you went to an awesome high school. I'm sorry <laughs> you missed out on that. Oh my God. How many people did you graduate with? Um, I think it was like a hundred, a uh, hundred to 200, something like that. So it was a pretty small class, I think, uh, okay. overall, okay. but, um, but yeah, like, uh, in my experience, it wasn't like, oh, there's this, there's, I mean, there. To be fair, there were stoner kids that like really were into it, um, but sure. everybody did it. It's, it's also, it's also, it also has like a culture attached to it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's everything from like uh, lava lamps to like black light posters or whatever. Like, there's some people that really kind of fall into that, and then there's the people that just like to smoke before they, you know, go out with friends. I mean, like it's, right, it's yeah. different. It's got a, it's got its own. There's definitely the subculture, and then like all the way up to more. Uh, mainstream people that that handle it differently. So and I, I I sadly am unable unable to partake, and it breaks my heart. It really does. And we just got uh, legal medical weed passed here in Arkansas, but 
there's all these like loop loopholes and things that has got to get happened before it can be it they haven't started growing it yet you can only smoke what's grown here of course once it's able to be purchased nobody can tell where you got yours from but like you have to get the card i asked my doctor about it and uh i was like i was like so let's talk about these medical weed cards and he was like well we as a uh family clinic have decided not to support medical marijuana i was like oh wow i was like i'm supposed to come to a decision with my doctor about smoking this and uh this is a decision I've come to. You need to come around here because because he's a great doctor. Um, I'm not going to say his name. He's a young guy. He actually is married to one of the most beautiful women that I went to high school with. Oh. And they've got four kids. So he has he's really nailed it down. Living he's life. a doctor. She's a doctor. Fantastic family. She's gorgeous. He's a really good-looking guy. I mean, like really very Americana. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, man, give me that script for that medical weed. Like <laughs> – I'm coming here getting, you know, I don't like, I'm like I'm bombarding you for pain pills all the time or something. I don't ever, I go to the doctor like twice a year, you know? And, uh, I mean, I'm asthmatic. I go and get like inhalers, like see this inhaler. Boop. And uh, so he's probably like, yo, you need an inhaler and you ask me for weed, Ew. you know, but you know, I'll do the edibles and the vape doc. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of my lungs. <laughs> So. Yeah, I I feel like it's uh it's it's coming around. It's uh, I feel like it's inevitable at this point. Like it'll it'll eventually uh spread, but it is it is going kind of slow. Yeah, like I don't want to like get too political, but like I'm not really sure as long as Jeff Jeff Sessions is around, like yeah. weed is going to be like a you know it's going to spread as fast as it was, uh you know under the the previous administration it was doing okay. So, but I, you know, like I will talk to people. Let's talk politics real quick. Um, okay. For those of you that are afraid, worried, um, uh, feel like this is not your America, all that kind of stuff. And I don't give a fuck what you believe, what your politics are. It really doesn't matter. Okay. Um, what matters is uh, cycles and things like that. And we're just, you know, uh, the current administration, I'm not even going to say anybody's name, is a reaction to the previous administration. It's not necessarily even reflective of America or all Americans. But the thing to keep in mind is that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So what's going to happen is as soon as the uh, current administration loses any kind of power, uh, is, is voted out of office, whether it be in 2020 or 2024, whatever it is, whatever fills that void and takes that place, is going to swing so far this way to make up for everything that's happened or the perception of everything that's happened or however you want to look at it, that it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to change and it's going to change rapidly. And um, I I think that, uh, I I think that the people uh, are scared to a point. It's weird. Like America is weird right now. You know, and a lot of it, like a lot of the America that I see is on, on social media and stuff because like what I see in my day to day life is very different than what I see. I don't, I don't see the people struggling in my day to day life as I ex- experience and read about them struggling online. And I just want to keep, I just want people to keep in mind that, like, uh, you know, uh, this too shall pass, as my mother would say. I think that's kind of biblical, but uh, this too shall pass. And it'll swing the other way and, and things will get better for a while and then it'll swing the other way. And that's just, it's just going to keep swinging until you die. And that's, uh, that's all you can hope for is that it at least keeps moving. Once it stops, then there's trouble abound. I I, I just uh, I just want to like I I want the future to come uh, to the point where uh, where you know people make food that uh, that 
that like uh, has just the right nutrition for you, right? But you like can eat whatever food. you want. Uh, no, no, I have human dog food where I buy a bag and I just eat like two cups a day. <laughs> and I stay fit. That's all I want. No, no, I, I, because I guarantee you that at some point in the future, people are gonna just be like shoving pizza in their mouth, and they're gonna be like, "This is the best thing ever. I get to eat as much as I want, and I, uh, it's the perfect amount of nutrition for me." And they're gonna be like, "I can't believe those suckers way back when had to watch what they ate. Oh my god!" Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna be yeah. so jealous of them. That will seem so foreign to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get jealous I, I, of the future I, I, all the time. I really time. hope for that day, too. Yeah. For that day, too. So hopefully I'm alive to see it and I can, like, enjoy it. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, there's going to be, like, teleportation. You don't sit on planes anymore. Yeah. That will solve a lot of uh, problems with no planes. There. <laughs> Shoes, all that stuff. Just teleport. Well, you're there. Yeah. So have you, been, have you kept up with the Hyperloop at all? Um, uh, not too much, no, but, uh, okay. it's, it's very interesting stuff that they've done tests on. And, um, anyway, it's, it's really a very cool thing. And I think that at some point that will really open up the world in a way that, that the air, even air, airplanes don't or can't or whatever. Um, there, it is this thing that like, I mean, it's called like maglev. I don't think that's what it's called, but basically it just, it's fast mm-hmm. as shit. But like, it seems like anything that's moving fast could move towards a bomb or could move towards a missing rail. I don't really know all the details about it, but like all the tests and things I see are really freaking cool. So I hope that Hyperloop really kind of changes the game a little bit. Yeah, that'd so, be great. I, uh, I I feel like I'm I'm very much the uh, like so there are some people that are like oh can you believe the world we live in it's so technologically advanced like we're sending messages through the air could you imagine if a caveman saw a telephone tried to explain to them what a cell phone was I'm yeah. like the opposite of that where uh, I'm like can you believe how like we are in the Stone Age like I want all the future technologies I'm jealous of the future uh, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, like first very there's a caveman he wouldn't be asking what the, a phone was he'd be stabbing you with a sharp <laughs> rock you know yeah because uh, you were wearing head on pants like you just think you're something to eat yeah so i mean we've come a long way i'm with you though like it seems like there's so much future tech just inside it just has to get here it's just like mm-hmm. come on a little bit faster while i'm young enough to enjoy it you yeah. know so but no absolutely i'm with you i'm kind of i kind of uh i'm kind of ride the line on that like i live through uh you know i'm 36 i think i may have said that earlier but like I, I lived through the eighties and I went to high school without social media. I got a cell phone, I think my senior year. Um, and I, I was, I believe, uh, you know, I went to college. You see, I was one of the first people to cheat on a math test with text messages. I think <laughs> like, I had explained to these guys that like this setting on your phone or whatever, text messages, the old Nokia, like, whatever the numbers were 5290 i don't fucking know yeah. but uh anyway like i'd get in this i had to miss this math test and i had to go take it in this room by myself with the door locked so i would sit there and i would literally text these math questions to uh there's some, some guys i was pledging fraternity with at the time and uh anyway they text me the answer back because they were good at math they were sitting there so i was one of the first cyber cheaters out of the university of central arkansas i think that was, so that was my entire <laughs> my entire uh uh honors bio class uh everyone everyone cheated on all the tests um, oh that's awesome and that's awesome. uh well it, it was awesome for them i hated it like i was very like nervous like i i never had the nerve to do to do it oh yeah you were <laughs> like oh my god i did like i just i didn't i i didn't like it i didn't want to i didn't want to take part in it so uh i i literally i literally changed classes because i was just like i because yeah, I, I couldn't i was like i don't want to i don't want to do it i just i need to be in a different class where this that's isn't not a thing that's 
that's ethics, man. You don't have to be embarrassed about having being ethical. Man, I think that everybody looks at not necessarily this this thing, but like I don't think I've ever enjoyed a portion of my life as I lived through it. When I look yeah. back, I think, man, I should have enjoyed that differently or more or had more fun doing that or not been so nervous or so scared or so um, reserved. Um, I should have just, you know, I, I feel like I feel like I live my life. I feel like I live my life wrong in a lot of places, and I can only see that through hindsight. And I don't know if that's a common thing that other people experience, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of that. And, I mean, right or wrong, you know, good or bad, whatever, uh, you know, we're, we're learning, we're evolving creatures. And, you know, the, you know, it's always like, if I could do, you know, if I knew then what I know now, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, you know, of course, everybody, I think everybody has that to a point, but it's really weird. It's like, you know, like talk about big brother for two seconds. You know, if I could play again, I would play differently. Not necessarily I might play differently, but I would, I would know the audience. I would know what not to say, what not to do. Um, I would know, you know, I would just be so much more prepared for it because at the time I went in very blind and I, I based my success on my confidence and my personality uh, that I could make people like me enough to stay. That was basically my strategy. There's a little bit more to it than that, but not a whole lot, you know, and, um, uh, you know, and, and if I could do it again, I might do some things a little bit differently. And, you know, but the thing is, and I think this is important. You can't go back. You got that's why, like I'm, like I said, I was encouraging you to keep your eye on the prize, focus on what you want to do, make decisions that you feel comfortable with, as far as like the growth of your podcast, um, the type of people you interview, uh, things like that. And uh, basically, man, you know, when I was a kid, I felt like adults had things figured out. I was like, oh, still, you remember? Do you remember a time specifically when you realized that? these adults are fucking idiots. You yeah. ever had that time where you're like, they don't know everything. Yeah. Like, like we're all just winging it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we're all doing the best we can. Some people have different agendas. Some people are more or less ambitious. Um, but everybody just wants to get through each day with as l- just a little bit of bullshit as they could possibly, you know, avoid, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, we're all, we're all trying. I just, like I said, I, I feel like each phase of my life, um, I, I've, I'm prepared to handle each phase of my life about five years after I experience it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and uh, there's, there's some regret that, that, uh, that lives there, but, uh, but not much. And I'm learning to, uh, to just be happy and move forward. It's like I've been depressed, not depressed at all. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very, I'm, I'm an overthinker. I, uh, um, uh, I want everybody to be happy. I want to live a peaceful life. I want to, uh, uh, I want to have nice things I've worked hard for, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like the daily grind of I want this and I want it now, just kind of like you talk about future tech. You're, you're not happy. You want, you want more now. And, and that's, that's a common thing that I've got to, I've got to just shove down into my mm-hmm. chest, you know, because that will come. But today I've got to get up. I've got to make the bed. I've got to keep the house clean. I've got to do all these little things to keep my life in order so that in five years of doing this, I, have put myself in a good spot that I can be happy with a savings account, with security, with, you know, just things like that. And that's just, that's just part of life is, is trying to slowly figure out how you can best put it together for the, for you. You're not, you're not living for the present you, you're living for the future you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So fuck, I've just imparted all the knowledge I have in my brain on you this, this time. <laughs>
Yeah, th- this is the the secret of this podcast is that uh, you know people call me a robot. I'm actually just draining people of their knowledge through every episode until Excellent. I have enough knowledge of human behavior that I can take over the world. Well, I'm proud that I uh, I've, I've given you some of some of that knowledge received out of me and into you, and uh, hopefully, if you. Uh... Uh, have learned anything from me, you'll be better off because of it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining me here. Hey, man, absolutely. Thanks for asking me to do it. Like I said, I turn down podcasts a lot. And uh, when when you reached me, like I had like two seconds of like, no, nah, I don't do that. And I was like, no, nah, fuck it. This will be fun. And I'm glad I did. So it was awesome. a good time. I've really enjoyed catching up with you and visiting. It's always, it's always good to visit with you. Typically, uh, when we talk, we're not talking about live stuff. We're talking about Big Brother. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you haven't, just you're not making notes over there. Like never ask Spencer. To- <laughs> You'll so. never know. You don't. You can't see my notes. So uh, no, I can't see your notes. That's no. true. That's true. <laughs> but I'll know if you never ask me. So keep that in mind, too, fucker. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I, there's uh, there's plenty more stuff to talk about. Spencer Part okay. Two is uh, we'll 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 comment on on some day. All right, sounds good, man. I look forward to that day. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes, The Terran Show. Uh, you can also subscribe to the uh, reality TV Rehap Ups feed, where it's part of all of our Big Brother coverage and American Ninja Warrior and all the great stuff. Uh, you can find us on robberswebsite.com. Leave a comment there. You can follow me on Twitter at Armstrong Terran. Where can people find you, Spencer? Uh, Ed Spencer B. Clausen on Twitter. That's the only place I can be found. Um, I try to, uh, you know, I try to interact with people. So that's a, that's a good place to, to reach me at. So I do like when my tweets are liked, uh, <laughs> and retweeted, it really makes me feel good. I get like this weird, uh, like, uh, in, like endorphins, uh, and my, my brain go off. So please hit them likes, hit them likes. Just making, making sh- people's days better. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. So um, I had something funny I was going to tell you, but I can't think what it was. It's some little funny, stupid story, but a little anecdote. But hey, we'll have to say that for part two. There you go. Uh, make, sure, make sure you write it down for next time. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, you'll, you'll send me, uh, like all the links that you want to put, uh, put in the show notes, uh, after oh, this podcast. You're your homework there. You're <laughs> I will send you, I'll send you again, but like, I'll, well, I want to make sure you get Arlie's Twitch, uh, Nick Patera's Patreon, Aaron's YouTube, and, uh, uh, Emmett. We'll get there. Emmett, follow yes. He's like, like I said, those are people I admire that are fucking doing their thing. And, and we need to. We all need to support anybody who's got their heart in something and, and working hard. Their heart and their nuts. If their heart and their nuts are in it, you need to support them and hope they can just do the very best they can possibly do. Because you know, we owe it to those that we love to support them, and that's that's what I want to do. So I'll send you all those links. All right, and maybe uh, maybe next, maybe in part two you'll have uh, your own link with uh, with some comics there. Hey, maybe it's just, it's just uh, maybe. Hopefully, you interview me sooner that I can get that stuff uh, produced. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, I have faith in you. That's that's what Thanks. I'm saying. Appreciate it. Appreciate um, all right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. We will see you next time. Parents asking questions. Parents finding out. Parents looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Terrence Show, so you